0: what's up guys welcome back we are in season three this is episode one it might be a doozy (laughs) but we're excited so thank you for joining us for sundays Sundays at at seven seven.
1: (laughs) is that loud enough Welcome back to season three. This is going to be a really fun series that I'm actually really excited about because I think it's going to push us to study a lot and just be in the word and just to find figure things out for ourselves. I think it's going to be really fun and something that yeah. is going to be fun, for hopefully, for you all to listen to. Um, but we have a very <laughs> special guest today. Actually, why did I just say that? Oh, man. <laughs> Dang. Oh, I was trying to gonna say something mean, but I already said something nice, so I guess I'll just go down that path. But this guy has been in my life for a very long time. Probably since I was about five or four or maybe zero. Whoa, I'm seriously, not sure. When you were that
0: young when they got together?
2: Long time.
1: It's been a long time. Wow. Why not? And um, he is married to my wonderful sister, and he is my brother-in-law, and his name is Robert Hatton.
0: Welcome, Robert. Woo! Thank you all. So, um, really quick, before we go into everything, I just want to let people know these conversations that we're going to have in Season 3 might be a little bit um, just different than usual conversations. They might spark, you know, some kind of opinion that's different from ours or different i mean we might even have a different opinion you know but and we're not a lot of these like tonight's for example is not something that has a lot of concrete answers um so it's definitely more opinionated and you know what you might not agree and you know what that's okay that's okay we just wanted to have these conversations because these are conversations that are not they're not had a lot Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. anyways without further ado robert tell us about yourself
2: so my name is Robert Hadden. Um, I go to Calvary Christian Church with uh, Caitlin and Kaiten. I've been like like Kayton referenced. I'm married to her sister, Keegan. We have one son. His name is Crowder. He he actually turned 21 months yesterday.
0: And he's the best. He is yeah. very adorable.
2: So he's a lot of fun. Um, What's he into? So he loves shooting basketball. He loves playing drums. Um,
1: Shout out to my brother, Caleb. Yeah. Loves <laughs>
2: animals. He loves animals. Um, yeah, I'm just running around and being dangerous. He's kind of at a really dangerous stage, um, jumping off couches and things like that. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. We enjoy that. Um, we like to fish. We like Kentucky sports, basketball, football. Um, but yeah, I'm a deacon at Calvary Christian Church. Um, yeah, you are. been married to Keegan for six years now. Dated years. dated for a 12 now, I guess. Yeah.
0: Wait, so you've been in a total 12 years? Yeah. It's been longer
1: than that. Maybe more. He lived across the street from us growing up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It has. so I guess we started dating in 2005, so it's 2020. Yeah. We, we had a break in there. Yeah, that's right.
1: So there's like, we're filming this in my parents' basement right now, and we have youth group kids over here all the time, and so there's signatures all over the wall. And there's a Robert H05 with a permanent marker. I think that was a very, maybe one of the first signatures on the walls down here, so. Wow. so yeah. special. It's kind of cool. Long,
2: detailed message included with my signature.
0: <laughs> Robert H05, that's <laughs> it, that's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so we're glad to have Robert on the podcast today. Robert is someone who is very Intellectual. Um, knowledgeable very knowledgeable as we said these are conversations that we wanted to have but also conversations that we definitely want to root back to the Bible because that's our whole theme here is what is the Lord telling us about these things um, and Robert will definitely do that yes because he's really smart <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, anyway so let's get to tonight's topic shall we yes what is it? <clears throat> I can't remember <laughs> tonight's topic Are there consequences for your sin?
2: Yikes. Mm -hmm.
0: So we decided that we kind of wanted to start this off by trying to figure out what is sin? Mm -hmm.
1: I would say... I heard this sermon. I've probably talked about this before. I think it's my favorite sermon I've ever heard. But it was Passion a few years ago, John Piper. I was probably the only person awake in the whole entire stadium during this. Shout out, JP. (laughs) But it was so interesting, and it was called The Essence of Evil. And he basically said that sin is desiring something over God. It's not necessarily like we focus so much on the act of the sin, so we focus a lot like with Eve on the act of her eating the fruit, more than her desiring something over God, and like that—that's what we should be focusing on because that is truly the essence of sin. Not necessarily the act is bad in itself, but the act is rooted in you desiring something over God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and when you think about it like that, it makes your sin a lot more have a lot more
0: weight. Yeah, for sure. I think that sin is is fighting with the Lord over who is Lord of your life, mm. basically. What do you think, Robert?
2: Yeah, so I think um, I think both of you are spot on. Um, I think God has created a specific order to all the cosmos. Um, you know, from from the way the Earth revolves around the sun to the tilt of our Earth's axis um, to the way we live to the way we love, um, He's created a specific order, um, and we find ultimate joy and we find ultimate life when our lives align with His order. Um, apart from that. Um, we we deal with sin and we deal with its consequences.
1: Mm. When well, I was doing some of my studying for today, um, I just came across this thought that um, this like sad reality that a lot of us have come to that sin doesn't really deserve any consequence. Like we can just we live in a culture that celebrates like do you and do whatever makes you feel happy. Like that whole mindset and not really realizing. Um, that sin does have consequences and i feel like that in turn cheapens the sacrifice of christ and Mm. the sacrifice that he made when we approach sin thinking that um, there shouldn't be any consequences because god will forgive us which is true but also we will be forgiven but that doesn't mean there aren't going to be consequences for
0: the choices that we make because we are given the choice And I think that, too, like, through this research, that's why we, like, want to talk about this because it does, like, help us research a lot. Like, I kind of was in a little bit of a lull, like, do I think this or do I not think this, you know? Like, you can kind of, there are so many examples in the Bible that point to either direction, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Um, but it's all for a purpose, and that's what I kind of, you know, There, everything is for God's glory, and that's what I found out by doing research. And I basically kind of reached a thesis of the fact that um, bad things do come from sin, but not all bad things are a result from sin. Oh,
1: yeah. Repeat that again.
0: Yeah. Bad things do come from sin, but not all bad things are a result from sin. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I, you know, figured out. Because just like... I mean I'll go through a couple examples just really fast like Moses in Numbers 20 not being able to enter the promised land because God called him to speak to the rock and water would flow out and he did not he obeyed he disobeyed God and he struck the rock Um, so he was not allowed to enter into the promised land also in Numbers 14 um, the Israelites were gonna go into the promised land but they disobeyed God and so they were sent back into the wilderness for 40 more years and that was a direct like consequence of their sin is going back to the wilderness or David and Bathsheba um David sending Uriah the Hittite I always like saying that to the front lines and him getting killed and then him having an affair with Bathsheba their consequence the Lord says like you will lose your first child just as a consequence for your sin but let's let's go to another example of there's my husband actually told me this last night um in John 9 there is a story of a man who has been blind since birth and this, the disciples walk up and say, is this a result from his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus says, from neither, this happened so that my glory can be shown through this. And he heals him of his blindness. And so bad things do come from sin. So going into the wilderness, not being able to enter the promised land, losing, you know, when David and Bathsheba lost their first child, that is a bad thing. But not all bad things are result from sin. So the man being blind, it wasn't because he sinned. It was so that God's glory can be shown.
2: Yeah. So I think, I think to... To what Caitlin was saying about the cross, um, you know, for us all, for specifically for us three and, and for our listeners, that when Jesus went to the cross, he outed us all, that he's He's not surprised that we are sinners. He's not taken aback by whatever sin we're carrying into this conversation. He knew about it, and that's the point of the cross. So he, he outed us all. There's there's no one without sin, and he's made that clear and apparent by going to the cross. Um, and to what, what Caitlin is saying, and, and we'll jump, right into it i guess
0: um let's jump on in in. does
2: sin have consequences yes that's this week's episode we'll see you next week (laughs) when we predict the return of jesus thank you (laughs) just kidding yeah but yes i think the answer to that question is does sin have consequences i think the answer is yes and i think we're going to get into a lot of those details but before we do i think it's important to mention that you we're looking at this at a thousand foot view, right? And we're providing, um, you know, biblical, biblical evidence for, for answers in these discussions. Um, but we're, we're very aware that sin is very personal um, and those consequences are painful. Um, and so while we're not able to speak to every situation, um, we're available, right? All three of us. Um, so I think it's important when we, when we battle sin that we're, we're bringing sin to the light. We don't fight the devil in the dark. Um,
0: amen
2: so H. so we're available um and again this is a high level view of this question and we know it's deeply personal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so so make sure that that if these discussions spark something make sure you're 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 first getting to Jesus and then second you know getting to the people you need to 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 help you get there yeah. so so i'll'll'll I'll, I'll provide a little bit of Detailed yeah. nuances to just what, what i just said
1: he's got his bible out and it's all like highlighted and <laughs> he has
0: got tags and, and yeah i'm excited so
2: every time i think a sin i immediately go to the original sin because i think that provides good good insight for for the discussion um genesis chapter two i mentioned that god has a specific order um for the cosmos and it, it started in the garden um genesis chapter two verse 16 and then the lord commanded the man saying you shall surely eat of every tree of the garden." But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So what God does is he establishes an order, right? We know that there's tons of trees in the garden with tons of fruit. Um, specifically in Genesis 2, we know that there's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he's, God specifically instructs Adam not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if you do, you surely will die. Um Skipping ahead to Genesis chapter three um this is why I think this this topic is so important is if you notice the way Satan plays on this on Adam and Eve is that he doesn't he doesn't go straight straight to what God had said but he goes to the consequence he convinces Adam and Eve that the consequence um is not what God had defined it to be um Genesis chapter three beginning in verse um one, he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Right? So Satan plays on the consequence of the sin and the disobedience and the rebellion, not, not the actual truth of, of God's word. Um, flipping ahead to Genesis 5:5, Adam dies right? Genesis 5-5 tells us, yep, he died. Um, so we know that not only was that consequence real and legit, um, but that the, the the scheme of Satan in that instance was to play on the consequence um, of of that decision, of that action.
1: Why do you think you did that?
2: Well, I think it's easy, because I, I think we see this in our own life. Um, you know, like often a couple of schemes that we see in our life is instead of comparing myself to the, to the precedent that Christ set for me to follow, I, I look around, right? I say, oh, well, well, I'm I'm doing better managing my money than than my neighbor, mm. right? Or, or yeah, I might I might tell a bad joke, but I don't cuss as much as this person, right? Or yeah, I may look at this website, right? But I'm not committing a, an actual adultery, right? Or you know things like that. We we have these metrics in place where we evaluate ourselves in comparison to others, um, and that's not the real um, barometer um, that we should be using mm. to evaluate our sin. Mm. Yeah. And it, and it's also a gray area because like like Caitlin mentioned right like we have these instances in the Bible and she she did a great job with the list I mean there's tons of examples um, of sin having physical consequences but it it's not a guarantee that we always see those physical consequences right that that there's always spiritual consequences to our sin but there may not always be physical consequences that that are visible right
1: yeah and I don't think there's Obviously, there's no way for us to say why sometimes we see physical consequences, and when sometimes we see we only feel them internally. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I heard my dad say one time that you know, when sin always catches up to you, so like, um you might not necessarily like initially feel the consequence of sin, but it always catches up to you, and it'll you'll eventually feel the consequence in whatever way that that manifests in your certain situation, you know.
0: Yeah. And I kind of love what, like we talked about before what Robert said, he said something like, you know, maybe the physical, this physical part of the consequence does come, but God uses that physical part to usher you into like a repentance or even just to like, I read an article today, like just to God in general. Like, just something bad happens, and you're like, well, what do I do, you know? And maybe you reach out to God and think, you know, help me figure it out. And right there, you're making contact with God mm-hmm. from a physical consequence. And so it might stink, obviously, in the moment, but it's usher- like God is using that for good, ushering you into a new, you know, way to do your life. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the the weight of those physical consequences vary, right? Um you know, if if I rob a bank, there's a certain set of consequences, as opposed to if I get caught going seven over the speed limit. Um, so there's real examples of this in our life, to where the physical consequences vary, right, from situation to situation. Um, but at the heart of it all, the spiritual consequence is a the chasm is growing between me and my heavenly Father. Um, and so these these physical consequences can serve as signs and symptoms to a much larger, much more fatal spiritual problem right and it's similar to to a cancer diagnosis right if you're if you're blessed if you're fortunate you know right in in some good circumstances we catch cancer at stage one or stage two um because there there may have been some signs and some symptoms um that we picked up on you know other times it it may have, have the disease may have spread beyond what we had realized physically and it's at stage three or stage four um so i think Think with those physical consequences. Oftentimes, we find that our heavenly Father is good and and loving by presenting those symptoms, such that we ourselves can pick up on those, and maybe our brothers and sisters around us that that we've surrounded ourselves with can can point those out to us as well.
0: Yeah, I um, we were talking to our small group girls a lot because I feel like this next generation does deal with a lot of like a lot more anxiety. That's like a common that. theme that we hear. Yeah, um, just. And we, and we talked about, you know, what are you pouring into your life? Like, are you pouring in things that are going to result from that or that are going <laughs> to result to having anxiety? But I read an article that said, you know, anxiety isn't the root problem. Anxiety is like um, you look at your dashboard in your car, maybe your check engine light comes on or your gas light comes on or whatever. Like anxiety is the light that comes on your dashboard, letting you know that deep down somewhere in your car, there is a bigger issue that God is trying to take care of in your life. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that. It's like the symptoms. Like the the anxiety is the symptom of something that is deeper going on in your life that, you know, God's like trying to plow your ground in that area.
1: I guess you could call that a consequence in a way. yeah definitely I always like the concept which is really often used but every time I hear it it always like kind of brings me back to reality I guess you could say (laughs) but the idea that holiness and sin can't coexist so like if I'm if I'm I don't know feeling like internally I'm off that's a consequence of there being there being too much sin in my life like I don't think that you can be full of, you know, my life. The times in my life when I've felt the most off are the t- obviously the times in my life when I'm sitting the most. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like there's definitely a correlation there internally and also yeah, physically. But I think, I think, so me and my roommate, we sit around and talk about apologetics a lot. Okay, so a lot of times these kind of questions they don't really have an answer which is frustrating but it's also just kind of interesting to talk about them so we've kind of like touched on this a little bit but i feel like a lot of non-believers like have this kind of question talking about kind of what you were talking about earlier like people in the old testament having very tangible physical things that you can see like consequences for their sin like mm-hmm. you know the flood or sodom and gomorrah when that was destroyed or there's so many different examples like that, and you even gave a few. Um, so why did that happen back then, and then now after Jesus, you know, we don't necessarily always see that. Like God just doesn't just strike people dead, you know. And that's obviously not a question that maybe we can fully answer, but it's just an interesting concept. And I feel like a lot of non-believers think about that kind of stuff, that apologetics kind of yeah. kind of idea. And now we don't necessarily see that. So, like, if it were actually like that now, would our ro- obviously our world would be a lot. Mm-hmm. different place mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just think that's an interesting concept yeah
0: and i read somewhere today that um it kind of like goes along with that that you know whenever they sin in the old testament they received a punishment but then christ like being merciful even though you know we deserve hell from sinning and the wages of sin is death the gift of god is eternal life he took all of the punishment from all of the sin that we will commit and he went to the cross mm-hmm. and died so that we could, you know, be forgiven and live eternally with him. And that even goes back
1: to what we were talking about earlier, that when we sin without with with thinking that we're too good for a consequence cheapens his sacrifice mm-hmm. on the cross. Yeah. You
0: know, I, that's good.
2: Yeah, I think you can see um, in, in if the secular world had a quotation marks there. In the yeah, sec- quotation marks there. <laughs> Confirmed, Confirmed. <laughs> I think in the secular world, the the problem with sin, and that this is where the sin and like Kate, Caitlin's talking about sin. Caitlin's talking about the cross. These things are justified together on the cross, right? So you you have justice served. God's wrath, God holy, perfect wrath wow. poured out mm-hmm. on the cross, mm-hmm. That's good. justifying us, right? For despite our sin, um, we see this in the secular world right this very moment, right? We see. We want justice for George Floyd. We want justice for Breonna Taylor. We want justice for victims of COVID-19. We want justice for people that have lost their jobs as a result of the pandemic, right? The whole world cries out for justice, and that's exactly what God did on the cross. Um, he, 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 his wrath gave us. He justified us on the cross despite our sin. Um, so we, we see this tension of already but not yet um, in the way the world, the whole world cries out for justice. Mm-hmm, that's good. Yeah, So, so I get to, to go, God was willing to go as far as, as sending His son to the cross, killing his son um, to, to atone for your sin. Um, so if God is that serious about your sin, to go to the depths of, of sending His son to the cross, crucifying his son, um, how serious should we be about our own sin? All right. So if God is willing to go that far, right? When I think about my son, I think about Crowder. If God was willing to go that far, um, man, what 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 depths and what extreme measures should we take um, to rage war on our own sin? Mm-hmm. If that's the consequence God is willing to live with for your sin, what 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 measures should we take?
1: Do you think that so? How this? Um, so our culture has kind of. Perpetuated this mindset um, in like the into the church. So this idea that like I don't know, like we walk a fine line of of like, of course you're forgiven for your sins, and there's no condemnation, but there's also going to be consequences for your sin. Like you can't just go around doing whatever you want and expect that nothing bad is going to come from that. And I feel like our culture now just tells you, like I said before, like, do whatever you want. Do what makes you happy, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I feel like sometimes that can bleed into the church where we sometimes, like, kind of put a film over the consequences of sin because we don't want people to think, you know, that, that, they're, that they aren't forgiven and that they aren't loved because we are. I don't know. There's, like, this fine line that we walk sometimes, I feel like, in the church when it comes to this topic. We either go one way where raw God's wrath, you're, mm-hmm. you know, or we go the other way where it's like, but you're forgiven. Yeah, yeah, you're loved. And yes, yes. So it's like that fine line.
2: Yeah. So I think um, our physical consequences and spiritual consequences of sin are not mutually exclusive, um, meaning that you can you can have one and not have the. You, you always have spiritual consequences, right? You may or may not have physical consequences. But um, they're also not dependent variables, so it's not that if I if I have spiritual consequences, I always have physical consequences, or if there's physical suffering, like Caitlin was talking about earlier, um, she referenced Job for example. Just because there's physical suffering or physical uh, pain, that doesn't necessarily mean there's sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this tension where those things coexist together, um, and I think you know I think the you you have the beauty of grace and forgiveness. Um, but oftentimes we mask the the atrocity of our own sin, um, and what I mean is, is like I can think back to a time mm-hmm. in, in high school. Um, I was dating Keegan, like Kate referenced earlier. We've been dating since we um, can remember. how yeah. <laughs> and our, I can I can specifically remember time we're at Jerry's. Her grandmother owns Jerry's, and I loved going to Jerry's. One shout it, out. One, it was free for me, um, and two, it was delicious.
0: Is that the only reason you were with Keegan? Free <laughs> Jerry's? Exposed.
2: But I can remember a time we were sitting there, she was having spaghetti. I can't even remember what she's eating. She, that's what she always gets. She loves spaghetti from Jerry's. And I wasn't, I wasn't a choir boy. Keegan's the president of FCA. She's Steve's daughter. She's Shanda's daughter, right? She's, she's, she's a saint. Um, I was not a saint. And I can remember um, this tension where I, I felt ugly, right? I felt ashamed, and I, I could feel the weight of that because I, I wasn't I wasn't, you know, I wasn't holy, right? I, I, there was a friction. Um, sin and holiness can't coexist, and that's where I found myself, right? Um, and I felt so ashamed, and we reached a point in the mail where I was like, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to give you a list of every sin, right? And I just aired out everything. Wow. I yeah, I don't even know why I did it. Um, I, it, the weight of it was just pressing and crushing, right? Like the anxiety we talked about earlier. It was just like, I couldn't take any more. I've got to get this out. And so I did this. <coughs> Excuse me. And yikes. <laughs> and, I, and I did this and I confessed and I just aired all this out. And I remember how ugly my sin looked on Keegan's face, right? I remember she was like, I can't even finish my spaghetti. Mm. Um, I can remember a specific time in our marriage I'm right, like we, we have a pattern to where we confess our sin to each other because I, I believe that's, that's biblical, and I also think it's a, it discourages us from sinning because we know how ugly our sin is when we see it on the people's faces that we love. Um, mm, right, we become painfully aware of our sin when we see how, to, the, when we see how the consequences impact the people we love. Um, so by confessing our sin um, and seeing how it impacts the people we love, we become painfully aware of how ugly it is. Um, and so in terms of masking it, by that pattern of confessing and then repenting, mm. it, it eliminates the risk of masking it and, and living with it.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I've never oh heard that we take boy. a couple deep breaths really fast. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I've never heard that. That was good. Gosh, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, going to go into something about truth and grace, but, <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> can, can I compete can. with that? Do, do. Okay. No, I was just going to, I mean, he kind of, like, talked about grace, you know, that being... <laughs> And, and you talked about we're on one side, like, oh, rah, rah, like, sin is bad, blah, blah, And I feel like that's, like, truth. You know, like, tr- sin is bad, and that's the truth. And then we have the grace side. We're like, you know what? Like, Jesus is going to forgive you no matter what, blah, 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 blah. And that's the grace side. And too often we have situations where we are either giving too much truth or we're giving too much grace and we're not balancing them equally Mm -hmm. and so truth and grace are supposed to be husband and wife married riding off into the sunset on the back of a stallion together and (laughs) too often you know we're either we're not we're not balancing those properly you know giving like like people always say you know well god is good he wouldn't let this happen you know blah blah well god actually gives us painful situations he or doesn't give us he allows us to have painful situations sometimes so that he can teach us a lesson that we otherwise might not have learned you know and so God is good. He loves us. But it's also like my parents were good growing up and they loved me, but they still disciplined me when I did something stupid because they want to see me successful and they want to see me make the right choices and they want to, you know, see me be fruitful in life and stuff like that. And a lot of times we do need those like hard truths in order to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what God sees us as his children. I don't have a child yet. Maybe Robert can go into this more. But <laughs> he sees us as his children and he loves us, but he also wants to discipline us when we do something wrong so that he can see us
2: succeed. Crowder's going through a, a phase and he did this to me for the first time actually yesterday. But like if he doesn't get his way or if you stop him from doing something, he'll like smack you on the shoulder and that Uh-oh. is not acceptable. Right? <laughs> and so like it's he's not? he's done that to Keegan a couple of times and Keegan will, you know, smack his little hand and mm-hmm. tell him no. Um, and he did it to me yesterday for the first time, right? And we have to teach Crowder that you can't you can't smack people on the shoulder when you don't get your way. Um, and so I smacked his little hand and I uh, told him no um, and he just melted, right? He was just like, oh, my gosh, crushed. He was devastated, crying, weeping hysterically, um, just just a mess. <laughs> like, he was a puddle. <laughs> gets that from Keegan, the drama, the hysteria. He gets
1: that from his grandpa, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
2: Um, but, yeah, so in that moment, I hated seeing him suffer the consequences of his decision, right? I didn't want to have to discipline him. I didn't want him to feel that way. Um, big picture, high level, Um Crowder's logic is not like my logic. Just like my logic is not like my father's logic, um, you know, he he sees things at a higher level than I do. Um, similar to to disciplining Crowder, right? It's it's good for him to be disciplined because he needs to needs to know that he can't just smack people when he doesn't get his way. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hebrews twelve six, the Lord disciplines him who he loves. Proverbs three eleven to twelve.
1: My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in.
0: Look at that O T N T bridge. That's right.
1: <laughs> Wait, that took me a second. Old Testament, New Testament bridge. I got it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Can we go around and give, like, final thoughts?
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, can I have one other thing? There's there's a lot of things in the Bible before my final thoughts. I have final thoughts as well, so <laughs> hang on. Buckle up. Yeah. But one other just thing is we've talked a lot about the physical consequences to sin, um, but just the, the Bible does give us instances of there being spiritual consequences. So, for example, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and therefore remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. That God doesn't even want your offerings if you haven't been reconciled to your brother. Mm. What a what a, what a concept, right? That if, my, if I have sinned against a brother, that God doesn't even want my offerings. My, the gifts I'm bringing, he doesn't he doesn't want them. First, I need to be reconciled to my brother. Mm. Um, so spiritual consequence to sin that, that you can visually see in the Bible. Um, here's another one. I like this one. Um, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That if I'm not treating my wife in a way that, that God finds honorable, that he doesn't even want to hear my prayers, that my prayers would be hindered, that he would cut my prayers off.
0: Mm. Ooh.
2: spiritual consequences that one God doesn't even want my offering and two he doesn't want to hear hear me pray to him he doesn't want to hear my request um so again God has given us an order um for these things and and he the expectation is that we would abide in those things
0: yeah love that that's good
1: um I've just been just to go on a little different route I guess my final thought would be um I don't know just when you were Robert. When you were talking earlier about like just the weight or like the magnitude of God sending his son to like literally erase erase all the Mm -hmm. erase and he took that on he took on the consequences of our sin and he took that on the son of God you know and just like oh, I'm gonna sin of course like we all do blah Mm -hmm. blah blah you know the whole thing but like when I do am I led to a genuine repentance Mm. and like are the consequences enough to lead me to a genuine repentance, or am I so stooped up in my worldliness and my obsession with the world and all of its temporary pleasures that, like, not even the consequences of the world, like, lead me to a genuine repentance? And like, do I really see my sin for what it really is? How mm-hmm. I'm like desiring something over God, or am I just <coughs> really taking on the weight of my consequences? Yeah, like, this is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, something that I learned is also. Um, you know, a lot of times when we do see those physical consequences from our sin or even spiritual as well, it's like, why God, why are you letting this happen to me? And that's always our mindset. Like God is bad. God is doing this to me, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, like we need to thank God, number one, because something that I really struggle with is having mercy And God had so much mercy that He sent His only Son to die on the cross so that we can be forgiven of our sin and we can live eternally with God. And I think that that, like, definitely also spoke very prevalent to me. Just that God has so much mercy and goodness that even though He knew, you know, we were going to sin until Christ returned, He took on that sin. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Your turn.
2: Um,. I would say that first, if you are 90% known, or 95% known, or even 99% known, that means that you are unknown. And what I mean is, is that 1% that's left in the dark, that 1% of that sin that you haven't exposed, you will never be able to convince yourself that that you will be fully loved as long as it's in the dark. So to be 99% known is to be unknown.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Excuse me while I go somewhere else.
2: So I say that, and I want to go back to. I started in Genesis chapter 2, right? The, the In the garden. In the garden, there, there's lots of trees, there's lots of fruit. Specifically, there's two trees that the narrative gives us that, that specifically identifies, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So from the beginning, we, we weren't created, we were created as mortal beings, um, but God created gave us the tree of life in the garden, right? He gave us an opportunity to eternity in the garden, okay? Um, Mortal beings, but gave us the opportunity through the tree of life um, to be eternal. And he did not tell us not to eat of the tree of life, but he told us not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, Upon the fall and the original sin, this is what the Lord God said. Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil, now lest he reach out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. So it was upon the sin, now that we know evil, we can't eat of the tree of life. So that's the beginning of the Bible, um, the end of the Bible. This is the picture we get. Um, and so what I say about that 1% that's unknown, if you're if you are hesitant to expose it, if you're weary of carrying that burden, um, Jesus describes himself in Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 as being gentle and lowly in heart. Um, so so we're in the garden, very beginning of the Bible, and at the end, the new heaven and the new earth, Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband, and grab onto this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold... The dwelling place of God is with man. So we're back to the garden. God is with man. Um, He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. What was Adam's consequence? Death, but death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so I say that knowing that the tree of life was initial invitation, that Jesus is now... Our, our tree of life into eternity that the physical consequences the spiritual consequences are coming to an end keep pressing in keep raging war on your sin um and in glory awaits
1: Ooh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, that was good i've never heard that 99 percent. i know good.
0: thank you robert for joining us thank Thanks, you for bringing robert. your wisdom it was an honor for always can we just have you on as a third host yeah He's, sure. he's a, also a very
1: faithful listener, so... He does sure. text us every week. Mm-hmm. That is so thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, definitely. I
2: feel like this was a courtesy invite. <laughs> well. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Um, we've been wanting to get you on for a while, so... Catch us next week. We will yep. have another... You have to say it with us. Yeah. We'll have another spicy topic to talk about. We always love it coming in hot and spicy. That's right. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining us. Please catch us next week on...
2: Sunday's Sundays at at 7!
0: Bye guys!